Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 18 of A Wild Podcast Has Appeared, the official Pokemon podcast of comicbook.com. I am one of your hosts, Jim Biscardi, and as always, I am joined by Megan Peters and Christian Hoffer. Well, not always joined, because Christian took off uh, for a little bit, Megan took off for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we're Most joined by Megan and Christian. We each missed one episode. That's <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. You've jinxed yourself now, Jim. That's it. That's so when you're missing and it's just me and Hoffer running the show, we are going to just have a podcast <laughs> against Geodude campaign. Yep, it's just going to be a Geodude bitch fest. Yep. If you are new to this show, uh, we talk about a lot of Pokemon stuff. Like, like a lot. Uh, from the games to the gear. Uh, we haven't covered bed sheets yet, but I'm sure that'll come up in an episode at some point. Uh, if you love Pokemon, this is the show for you. Uh, if you like Pokemon a little bit and want to love it more, this is the show for you. We mm-hmm. break the show down into uh, really three sections. I always say two, but it's three sections. Mm. It, the first half is uh, we do new quick news hits for items of the week. And this week, we've got some trading card game news, some Pokemon Go news, anime news, a bunch of stuff to cover. And then we go into a deep dive into a bigger discussion after the big break in the middle, and then at the very, very end, Christian Hoffer gives us the fan favorite segment of the week, the Pokemon fact that is always, it's always a good one. We haven't gotten a bad one yet. Nope. No pressure, though. So no pressure. Yeah, pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we're going to do that, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. The first thing I want to talk about is we are getting an anime announcement. Yes. Which makes me happy, but also makes me a little bit sad. Because mm. obviously this announcement is going to be for the Sword and Shield. Well. Right? We assume. I mean, that's, no, that's, maybe not. that's the majority assumption. I mean, the timeline matches up for right. the anime to at least confirm Sun and Moon is ending. Everyone wants you basically traditionally once the anime season gets into the actual league arc, mm-hmm. it's over. You know, they're gonna do the league, they're gonna finish it. Ash is inevitably gonna lose at some point. <laughs> and then we move on with our lives and he goes on to a new region because he needs to continue his journey. Um, currently the Alolan League is doing some like pre matches. So mm-hmm. like we're starting to like slowly move into that arc, which traditionally is the last one. So it would make sense if we got an announcement that at least Sun and Moon is ending. The question is whether or not they're just going to go ahead and say, and Sword and Shield's on its mm-hmm. way or not. That's kind of the question. Do, do you think we're going to get a new like art style? Kind of like there was a huge departure between X and Y and Sun and Moon. And while I think that's grown on everybody here, do you think we're going to go back to that more standard uh, sun and moon style or that uh, standard like X and Y style or do you think we're going to kind of stick with the more happy-go-lucky uh, kiddish sun and moon uh, stuff? So this kind of like new art style that sun and moon has for anyone who's seen it, Ash looks very different. He's not as sharp looking. There's more. He's got more of a round face and round eyes, and he's more exaggerated. That's a very popular animation style in Japan, and primarily the audience that the Pokemon Company is marketing this anime to right now is the Japanese core demographic and then the Western demographic. Mm-hmm. So I think we can expect some art style changes. I don't think they're going to go directly back to the nostalgic one that that you might be familiar from, like the original series or mm-hmm. X and Y. Um, I think they might make it a little bit more serious because a lot of international fans have kind of 
taken, not necessarily issue, but they've been surprised by it. And I think it's held off a lot of people from watching it because they look at it and they're like, oh, it's just like a kid's cartoon now. It's not serious. But this is also Pokemon we need to remember. So I tell you what, I, the, the reason I'm sad is because I really like the Sun and Moon series. The Sun and Moon series yeah. is um, like my favorite series. Like mm-hmm. X and Y is usually like peak for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. X and Y was an amazing series. It's probably like my third favorite. Um, but Sun and Moon... In the same way, and I'll relate this back to, like, Dragon Ball Super was an anime that came out in Japan, and it focused on, like, action from that you would expect from Dragon Ball, but it had, like, funny moments of, Mm -hmm. like, Goku farming. Like, (laughs) that's what I like about Sun and Moon, because it's serious. You get the action of, like, actual journeying and, Mm -hmm. like, battles and stuff like that, but then you also get, like, Ash going, like, skinny dipping, but not really, because he's a kid. But <laughs> I, I also I, I love Team Rocket in this show mm-hmm. more than than I have uh, you know I have in a while, and so it was really uh, really cool to see. And again, I, I probably have a bit more attached to it because it's the it's the Pokemon show that my my daughter has attached herself to and mm-hmm. quote unquote grown up on. I mean, she, whatever she's only four, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like, I just like when she wants to watch it. I'm like, I'm not like, oh, all right, because I because I kind of felt that way uh, when we were even. I was when I was even trying to get her to, into some of the older stuff. But this stuff has been mm-hmm. great. So. Yeah, Sun and Moon definitely, I feel like, has really keyed in on the issue I always took with Pokemon is that the characters are really flat mm-hmm. unless you were yeah. Ash, but Ash was also really flat. Like Pikachu was more dynamic than Ash was nine times out of 10. Mm-hmm. Sun and Moon has really made all of its characters, Ash included, but the rest of its like supporting cast really interesting with like character arcs and their history. Mm-hmm. And so like, mm-hmm. it makes me interested in the rivals. It makes me interested in like what's happening that I'm more invested in this like league arc that's happening. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I've grown up more with these. Well, not grown up. I'm like in my twenties, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've like seen these characters grow up mm-hmm. and like, I feel like a proud parent nine times out of 10. Um, so I'm really hoping that'll get carried over. Or I'm assuming the announcement's just going to be this is the end date of Sun and Moon, but what's coming next? And they're not going to exactly tell us it's Sword and Shield, but it's I will Sword say and from just what we've gotten, you know, about Sword and Shield as far as like the characters and stuff that are involved there, like I think that could translate well as far as like the region and uh, and just even you know some of the other trainers that we've we've seen. So hopefully, uh, you know, we get more of that that character driven stuff, but. Team Yell and anime, I just want to see already because I can just like imagine the dramatic sequencing. I'm I'm really looking forward to the first time that Pikachu like Dynamaxes into like <laughs> 500 foot Pokemon and Ash is just staring in amazement. I don't know. I I like the fact that Ash has kind of he didn't revert at the beginning of sun and moon like usually they do these like soft resets so you know Mm -hmm. like ash is still around but he kind of like devolves back to his basic form Mm -hmm. and they really didn't do too much of that like he was a bit of a goof but at the same time he was always shown as a very competent trainer and Mm -hmm. i I like that a lot and i'm really worried that we're going to go back kind of like the traditional journey style that we've gotten in basically a free anime series, say for Sun and Moon, because mm-hmm. Galar seems to be set up more traditionally mm-hmm. than uh, the Alola region is. 
And that, that kind of worries me uh, just a bit. Like, I really don't want to see the Pokemon franchise, the anime, go back to this whole, like, okay, well, Ash is going to travel from this city to the next city, and then to the next city, and then to the next city. Um, I think one of the... the well, I think one of the things that made it a bit easier to not do that uh, were the Alolan types of some of the classic stuff, where, like... You know, Ash obviously knew what a Vulpix looked like, but when he saw the you know the Alolan Vulpix or so the you know some of the Alolan uh, evolutions, he was like, "Whoa!" And I think it kind of like grounded him in a sense where you still got the sense that like he knew, Ash knows what he's talking about when it comes to Pokemon, but at the same time is mm-hmm. still being mm-hmm. you know kind of a fish out of water mm-hmm. uh, in the new region yeah. with some of the other stuff around him. So yeah. I mean, I feel like we'll get that with the Glar region. I mean, as soon as James sees the Glarian wheezing, he's going to immediately be like, I want you. And his wheezing is going to be like, it's time to square up. But um, I, I do have that same concern as Hoffer. Um, Sun and Moon has started now that it's like on like Disney XD and stuff like that. It's it's doing better in the U.S. There's mm-hmm. more like exposure yeah. to it. Um, but I the the ratings in Japan have been kind of like hit and miss. The league the league arc has helped it significantly. Um, so I'm concerned that maybe they'll be like, all right, well, what's different with Sun and Moon? Well, we did this kind of story arc with him. Let's put it back and see how that changes um like kind of the reception to it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm personally a little nervous about just like the like the politics of the of the show but the other thing that i just keep saying about the pokemon anime and this has turned into a long tangent but is that it really needs to be simulcast like every Mm -hmm. other anime in the world the pokemon company just needs to like even digimon does it like come on you're gonna (laughs) let digi like i say this as an avid digimon fan please don't come at me (laughs) but like you're gonna let digimon like Mm. beat you to that like you can get a simulcast done do a license, do your own app. You have an app with this stuff, just simulcast mm-hmm. it and then do your dubs through Disney or whatever. That would help immensely. So, yeah, it, it over. really drives me nuts when I was like covering the Pokemon anime more that I'd have to wake up at like 5 a.m. on Thursday to like watch the Pokemon episode of the week, like, you know, on some bootleg YouTube channel because it wouldn't come out for three months over mm-hmm. in the United States. And by that point in time, like no one, no one, all the hardcore Pokemon fans, the fans who wanted to know what happened mm-hmm. are what happened. So, I mean, yeah. you know, from a, a, a strictly news coverage, it's like, you know, <laughs> give it to us now. It's so much easier to cover it when there's only like a four hour delay instead of a mm-hmm. three. Delay. It's insane. Yeah. That's the thing with me is that most people who consume anime now in the West or in just globally in general, they are used to simulcasting. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works now. And that's why I feel like the Pokemon anime, at least the, the TV show, not necessarily the films, has suffered um, the rating drops that they're so concerned about. And I'm like, well, it's because you're not mm-hmm. you're not giving it to me the day of. You show it in three yeah. months on a on a channel that I might not have access to because a lot of people cut cable um, <laughs> and I'm one of them. So it's like, I can't watch it. Uh, so anyways, Pokemon company, I know you're listening to me. Do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to the trading card game, more sword and shield stuff. Mm. You're getting uh Galar boxes. 
So these are back in 2016. So there's speaking of delays between Japan and the West. There's also a three month delay uh, for the Pokemon parts. So uh, they basically over in Japan, they release a lot more sets um, and they kind of consolidate those over in uh, when they come out for the US. So like in uh, Japan, they'll have a Pokemon sword set and a Pokemon shield set. Well, the issue is, is that, you know, that doesn't really help out like U.S. retail stores. When kids go in to buy Pokemon Sword and Shield, they also want to buy Pokemon cards featuring some of those Pokemon. So back in 2016, what they did was they released these Alola collection boxes, which contained promo cards, the three starter Pokemon, plus a jumbo sized card of either Solgaleo or Lunala. Um, so they're going to do that again, only with Galar. So this will likely be our first chance to see, unofficially, a Pokemon V-Card. Because it's going to be oversized. It's not like you can exactly play it. But we'll we'll at least get a chance to see that. And it's supposed to kind of, like, be an easy tie-in. So, like, oh, I see you're buying the Pokemon game. Would you also like to buy this Pokemon Sword and Shield box? Even though it contains really no Pokemon Sword and Shield cards. Is this coming out simultaneously with Sword and Shield the game, or is it coming out before? Yeah, no, it comes out November 15th. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, theoretically, or technically, the starters... Oh, no, you won't see the starters' evolutions on those cards, because they're not... Mm-hmm. It's just the starters. No. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Yeah, they're just promo foil cards. Yep. Yeah. I remember, when I, like, when I first got into Pokemon cards, uh, I had a import store mm-hmm. that was uh that was near my house and i would buy like, i remember when the first base set of american cards were coming out uh japan already had like the team rocket set so, yeah you know, things mm-hmm. like that and i was and i was buying those thinking i was hot s and um i remember because the japanese cards every pack had a foil card in it mm-hmm. and i thought oh i'm getting a deal here yeah and yeah. uh, I, I would trade them with my friends who were getting all of the American uh, holographic cards that I was not getting mm-hmm. in my polls. And that's how I ended up with basically all of my <laughs> base set uh, American holofoil cards was trading like, oh, hey, I've got three of these uh, Japanese foil cards. They're so cool. Give me your Charizard. And, <laughs> and that was how I got it. I mean, oh, not bad. That, that's so shady. Like, <laughs> does 10-year-old like, you feel any shame whatsoever? No. I hustled I, Pokemon I, cards. I, I, have I told you guys the story about what I what I used to do? Um, so, I, I must not have. Uh, every, for, for a couple summers uh, when Pokemon cards were hot, uh, my parents would rent a house on Fire Island for a couple for a couple of days. Sometimes it weeks and a couple of days. And I, at this point, I had amassed a ton of cards, both Japanese, American, etc. And I had a a magazine. I forget what the magazine was, but it was a it was a price guide basically. Mm-hmm. And I took a red flyer wagon. Set it up basically on a corner of an intersection because there's no cars, no nothing. It's all travel by on Fire Island. It's all travel by bike, travel you know, or walk or whatever. 
and I set I would set up outside of a convenience store, and I would lay out all my cards in my wagon, and people and people would just come up and would ask how much these are, and at the time, like price guides were saying, not even a first edition Charizard, like just a regular old Charizard, you could sell it for 125 bucks. And so what I would do is I would bring all of the, the cards that I had. I mean, I would trade, right, too. Or so, like, if kids were like, oh, I want a bunch of these. And, like, at that time, like, Japanese cards looked super cool, and mm-hmm. they weren't out yet. And so people, yeah. like, were just obsessed yeah. with them. And so I would – that's, again, like, it's how I got – and it sounds super shady now that I talk about it. I would get a lot of the, the more high-valued American cards – and I would inevitably sell them to grandmothers who wanted to buy Pokemon cards for their kids. And they would walk over to me and they would say, what are the rarest cards? And I would say, oh, it's these over here. And they're like, well, how much are they? And then I would say, well, that Charizard is $125. And she was like, and I just remember this one conversation where this woman was like, wow, that's a lot of money. And I would say, I'm just going by what it says in the price guide. And so I'm, I'm, I'm only charging $5 less. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so she would say, oh, well, that's very kind of you to to, to, to be selling it under market value. Aww. And I would just, I would come home with just stacks of cash. And my mom would just be like, where the hell did you get this? And that's how I bought my first N64. <laughs> I feel like your parents were like secretly concerned you were like passing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> you were drug mulling it or something. His parents, would, if, if they would have known what he was up to, like scamming these little old ladies over Pokemon cards. I mean, I hustled people with Pokemon cards. I didn't sell them, but like how you could like do the TCG. Like I would always go to my local Toys R Us, like mm-hmm. me and my older brother. Oh, yeah. We would go and we would do the tournaments. That was like my serious place. Every every like two days a week, Wednesdays, and I think it was Saturday. So we'd go and I would do like the juniors. I was little. I was like a little right. kid at that point. But I played with my older brother. He's like four years older than me. And it's like, I got pretty good at it so me and my friends like like on another day of the week usually with her I would go to like like a comic book store where there would be older people and they would see kids playing and they think it was so mm-hmm. cute so they would think I was really bad and like they would put prize cards out that were like really like high value to like that that in the rules of it like I could win these cards and I'd be like oh I'm so bad <laughs> I'm such a bad player I don't know how I'm good at this like a Pokemon yeah. Mark shark yeah so that's how I got all my like Pokemon I have Mark like I have yeah. I have like a decent amount of like first edition holographic cards because I would be like, I'm so bad at this. And then I would wipe them. <laughs> and these older guys would be like, oh, my God, this like six year old fleeced me. <laughs> so like, I, yeah, that's what all, I would do. All I did as a kid was pay people to beat up like the bullies who beat me up. That's the worst I did. I wasn't running these elaborate Pokemon card scams like you guys. What the hell? <laughs> Sorry. I still feel really bad because I just went through like the first portion of my Pokemon cards and I found one of the like holographic blastoises that I fleeced off someone (laughs) for one of those matches. And I was like, I feel bad. I should find this person and give it back to them. But I have not, I have not got, I have a, I have a first edition Charizard that I still have not got graded because I can't bring myself to send the card off because I know how I got it. I literally, I traded 
a mew for it. <gasps> an ancient mew. You are a monster. <laughs> I know I have a I have a first edition of like the the three holographic like Blastwish Charizard, but I refuse to like I mainly won't do it because I'm afraid I'll get like lost in the Yeah, mail. I know. That's why we yeah. had the story yeah, I'm getting think, lost. I think out of moral obligation, I'm gonna have to like stake out both your guys' mailboxes. <laughs> <laughs> what you know, the, the great Pokemon card theft. So, you know, for the next month I'm gonna try to convince you guys to grade these things, and then I'm going to drive down to Nashville. What <laughs> well, you need to do, Hoffer, is get qualified and certified as a Pokemon card grader, and then come down mm -hmm. here and grade my entire collection, which currently takes up not one but like two boxes. <laughs> I have so many. I have so many cards. I need to do something. <laughs> uh, well, if that was well, you just learned a lot about us. That was a lovely tangent. <laughs> Lord, I'm. I can't look you guys in like the <laughs> metaphorical eyes right now. I can't, I can't like look at the screen. Uh, oh, I'm just gonna look away for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> uh, also in trading card news, uh, tag teams getting uh, support cards, mm -hmm. yeah. which is a uh, pretty cool thing. Uh, so in the latest set, which they actually after I wrote this the script for this uh, this episode. They just announced the uh, U.S. version of it, so it's going to be called Cosmic Eclipse here in the United States. It's going to have uh, some new tag team supporter cards, which feature um, two trainers from the from the the franchise. So the big one is uh, Red and Blue, the mm -hmm. original player character and rival, um, and these will basically be like overpowered support cards, mm -hmm. which a lot of them look great. Like the Red and Blue one is basically. Um, you can pull out a Pokemon GX card out of your deck and use that to evolve one of your Pokemon that's in play. And then if you discard two energy cards from your hand, you can search your deck for two energy, normal energy cards oh. um, and put them on the Pokemon immediately. Um, so basically, you can instant evolve a Pokemon GX and power it up. You know, so, and, Jeez. you know, yeah, it's pretty freaking awesome um so yeah so they've announced two of them the other one is cynthia and i can't remember her name from the elite the sino elite four um but that one basically allows you to pull a support card that's already been played from your discard pile and put it back into your hand and also you can discard a card and draw three cards um so there's multiple effects i'm pretty sure they haven't announced that. I'm pretty sure there's also a Megan Jim tag team supporter card, which will allow <laughs> you just to steal cards. Good. That's exactly what I wanted. That's exactly what I wanted. That would be incredible. Good. Uh, Good. <laughs> moving to Pokemon Go. Uh, something that fans have been waiting for for a while. We're getting the uh, Unova Stone. For mm -hmm. all your Gen 5 uh, evolves that need that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this will kind of, similar to the Sinnoh Stone, uh, there's, you know, not every evolutionary items in Pokemon Go, so there's, they're, they're replacing all those evolutionary items mm -hmm. with the Sinnoh, or with the Unova Stone. So hopefully it's a little bit more common than the Sinnoh Stone. Those things are kind of a pain in the ass to get in the game. Yeah. Um, so hopefully these aren't super rare or otherwise I'll still be trying to evolve these Pokemon here. <laughs> Putting a lot of faith in Niantic about these spawn rates. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And then in a bit of a move that no one saw coming except for me because I stand this Pokemon. Kingler. You stand the randomest <laughs> 
one, Jim. Look, my team, my 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 final team in that first game comprised of Gengar, mm-hmm. Dragonite, Gardos, mm-hmm. Kingler, Charizard, and Electabuzz. Did did you just like die at the hands of anybody with <laughs> no. the electric? Nope. Like, because you know, seriously, that team is so vulnerable to electric. <laughs> yes. Like, Ash and Pikachu could have wiped the floor with you. And like, back when he was like still like fighting Misty and couldn't actually win a. Oh no! Wait. One of those, I think. Uh, well, Dragonite, Dragonite, I would swap out uh, with Golem. Golem, yeah. Golem was more of a mainstay. It was uh, the ones I would switch out are either Dragonite. Or uh, Gyarados, hmm. but um, other than that, I was shocked. I was like, I was "Where's like, your Geo?" Yeah, I was like, "Wait a minute." I just assumed that like ten-year-old Jim knew that Golem was crap. So. <laughs> I feel like Jim of any age has never known that. All right. So anyway, Kingler, powerhouse in Pokemon Go now. Yeah. So they gave uh, Kingler a new move, Crab Hammer, which is super baller. So. Uh, the, the main, like, advanced stat in Pokemon Go is called Damage Per Second DPS. Mm-hmm. And for a while, Kyogre was the number one water-type Pokemon in terms of DPS. Now Kingler is. Kingler, which is super common, like, everyone has, like, 15 Kingler, uh, is now, like, the ward and master of water-type Pokemon in Pokemon Go. It's it's insane. It's it's ridiculous. And oh, also okay. Good for you, Kingler. Yeah, you did it, buddy. You did it. <laughs> uh, last thing I want to touch on before we go to our break, it's a, a thing that is, it has resurfaced a bit again ever since it was a while ago where we got like this big old batch of sprites that were that were leaked, um, mm-hmm. you know, way back when uh, for some of the, the original games and, mm-hmm. uh, the one that is just dominating the, the comic book news charts again, uh, because it got shared again by Dr. What's his face on Twitter. Dr. Lava. Dr. Lava is Pinsir's evolution. Horrifying. Yeah. Truly horrifying. Which, well, it's just, it's just so interesting because like, and, you know, obviously a lot of people were, you know, making the connection to, to Heracross and, and things like that, but it's a, it is something that like, it's almost I don't want to say it's Lovecraftian in a way, but it is. Oh, just, I was going Lovecraftian. I was going to say that exactly. Something that like Guillermo del Toro would definitely like stick in, in a movie or something. It is definitely a sight to be seen. Christian, I think you know you got you know a bit about this one, right? Yeah, yeah. So this was kind of like you know a proto Heracross, which they eventually spun off. Mm-hmm. Um, but the really thing that's like creeping people out about it is the fact that it's got like the center horn, it still retains. So it's got like the Heracross horn. But it also has the pincer things. But the creepy thing is it's got this like weirdo freaking mask, mm-hmm. which that's the thing that's freaking everyone out about it is it, you know, it, it, it looks like there's like someone's running around in like a pincer mech that's about to fight the Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's like the best description of that, it. That so. is. Yeah. My favorite thing is, like, when you look at the 97 Space World sprite, it's, like, pretty innocuous. You're like, okay, like, it's whatever. The problem is, is, like, after all these have come out, like, most, I mean, the the, the leak came out, like, 
couple years ago mm-hmm. or a year ago. Yeah, the the issue is is that now there were so many things released. Everybody has finally finished their collection of like their own artwork of it. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of artists are sharing their artwork of like, oh, remember when this happened? Well, I finally finished my drawings of all of the sprites. A lot of here here's yeah. what they look like in the anime or in or in like sword and shield and you see what they've done to it and it's like that is legitimately uncomfortable i mean pincer <laughs> is an uncomfortable pokemon to look at to begin with but now it looks well, like it swallowed somebody <laughs> like it looks like han solo like got stuck in a like a bug i'm i'm looking at this at the sprite art right now and i've just kind of realized probably the reason it was cut if this like pincer evolution actually used its claws, it would literally kill people because mm-hmm. the claws only stick out like an inch higher up than its giant like unicorn horn. So it would grab and then impale mm-hmm. people. Like so mm-hmm. basically it would impale somebody and then clench down and crush them to death <laughs> while they couldn't escape because they while had they're a looking giant at horn. that masked face. Yeah, I mean, my God. You know, no wonder this thing was cut. Like, you know, that that's all I have to say. It, <laughs> yeah. They, they definitely toned it down for Heracross because, you know, if this thing would have come out, it would have just ruled kids' nightmares as a kid. Yeah. I mean, I love this. I love the Space World betas. Um, mm-hmm. I think really interesting to see. I, I love, I, I, I could literally write an article a day about these, like, lost, like, beta Pokemon. I'm going to challenge you to do that now. That's, Congratulations. That's basically what I've been doing for the last <laughs> two weeks. I know, so like, that's Jim. actually what Megan is doing. But um, I, I think they're, like, really fascinating. But, yeah, this one, no surprise. Also, look at it. It's, it, it, it's got, it only has one toe. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. It's got three claws, like, on its arms. But it's only got, like, it's got, like, hooves or something. Like it means crazy. it has to have some weakness. You have to be able to knock it over easily, so you, like I'm it can't sure. really get up. It's just like water. It's like X twenty three. Like you know, <laughs> we found the X twenty three Pokemon. There it is. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, when we get back, we're going to do a deep dive into Pokemon Masters because by the time this is live, the game will also be live. We'll be right back. Okay, so I, this morning, mm-hmm. pre-ordered the game. Wow. Big. Congratulations. It's a You've big joined for you. over 5 million people to do so. <laughs> you, I can't quite you. say he's an early adopter, <laughs> but so I can't does, say congrats. So does this mean that when I wake up tomorrow morning, the game yep. will be on my phone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. As soon as it's, it's pushed fine. live to the store, it'll start pushing live to your phone. All right. I'm, I'm really excited about this game, to be honest. You, you have been, I would say, the highest of maybe the three of us on. I'm definitely on the lowest, this. and I gladly admit it. I don't know well, if I'm, I don't know, I wouldn't say you're the lowest. I still. I'm pretty not interested at this point. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm feeling pretty uh, about it. I'm well, going, you, I'm going. playing instead. Pokemon Go. <laughs> I'm going to the aquarium this weekend, and I'm already planning. I've already looked up where all the gyms are around the, the city. It's going to be great. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We're here yeah. to talk about Pokemon Masters, Hoffer. Why are you so excited? Yeah. yeah. No, no, please tell me why you don't want to play Pokemon Masters. <laughs> I just... All of the gameplay I've seen of it, the video footage, I'm just not interested in. And I, the story, they've like announced the first event, which Hoffer is going to mm. talk about. I'm just not like... 
super crazy about it. I just think it's going to – I also have a terrible thing of unless the game is Harvest Moon or like <laughs> – something like that I, I'm not super like super excited I'm always really weary and then like 10 minutes into playing the game I'm like this is the greatest thing ever and then I play it for like ever um so I think that's just also my personality trait but there's just not been enough like released I feel about Pokemon Masters that I'm super excited about my my main issue with Pokemon Masters is that you know I, I took a look at like what I don't know if it's what they think or, you know, this game's been out on pre-release out in Canada for months. So, like, anyone who has an Android phone has been playing the game because once, you know, you can just download the APK. Um, and so they've, they've done a pretty good job of mining it. And there's 60 sync pairs that you can get off, get initially. And I was, like, thinking to myself, that is not very many in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of makes me worried that they're going to either make it pretty hard to obtain new sync pairs, which is not really the point of a gotcha game. Um, or it's... I, I'm, I'm kind of worried about that. that. That's my big worry about this game, is that it's either going to be super hard to get the characters that you actually want and can actually make an impact in the game, or um, they, they better release a crap ton of like new stuff, like basically a public game. Yeah. Like, like um, I I play these little games. I I play them, you know, my free time. Um, like uh, and I I like the company that's making this, D E N A or, mm-hmm. um, so like I I trust them, so I think the gameplay is going to be good. Um, but I'm worried that they're not going to be able to hold my interest long term because you know in order to keep going you have to, uh, do you have to yeah, get these get stuff new content out mm-hmm. of this game pretty right, regularly. Like they, that was one of the biggest things with pokemon go when it first started right like mm-hmm. i mean it yeah, lasted yeah. a bit longer mainly because they were more available but mm-hmm. because there wasn't enough stuff added when everyone played the game like crazy mm-hmm. that people were just yes. like um, i'm done here mm-hmm. yeah now now it's only like you know a tops you know income producing game instead of a global phenomenon right. but you know i'm sure Niantic is just crying into pillows money about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure if they're looking at like, well, if they had the, if they had the user base that they had when they started making mm-hmm. the money that they're making now, we'd, we'd be a lot happier. We'd literally be living in the United States of Neantic right now. That was, <laughs> yeah. they would have made so much money. They would just like straight up bought the company. They could have bought Greenland. As, you know, <laughs> oh. Yeah. But I'm just going to say, like, yeah, I did suffer from that, like, Pogo thing. I think that's the thing that will also interest me about Pokemon Master is how, uh, from the offset, how well-kept and well-maintained they keep the game with, yeah. like, keeping users updated and keeping the game updated with new content. Because, like, Pokemon Go played it really heavily, and then, like, nothing would ever show up. Like, I got tired of walking around random neighborhoods trying <laughs> to, like, not look like a creep but also catch Pokemon, and they never ever spawned where I lived in my, yeah. my apartment complex at the time. And I was like, all right, well, guess I'm just shelving this game for a little bit. And mm-hmm. then I, I kind of got back in it once they were like, wait, 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 come back. <laughs> but <laughs> um, that's, that's the thing I'm interested to see. Yeah. The thing, the thing for me, like, I know like just the type of gamer I am, if it is going to be too hard for me to get mm-hmm. things, yeah. then I will just be like, all right, I'm out. Especially from the yeah. outset. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
so Nintendo has done a pretty good job of scaling these sort of games. I mean, Dr. Mario, the Dr. Mario game was pretty terrible, but I think they kind of knew it was going to be pretty terrible from the outset, so they gave up on it really quickly. Um, But, like, uh, Nintendo's other mobile games have not been really, like, you need to spend a ton of money in order to, like, enjoy this. And so I'm cautiously optimistic that that won't be the case with Pokemon Masters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not quite the same because it's the Pokemon company versus Nintendo, so Nintendo's yeah. only a part owner. But, and, and Pokemon Company has had, like, a little bit different monetization scheme. So I got a feeling that this is going to be, like, one of those things where you just kind of, like, run out of energy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. have to the I love that you I called have. it a scheme. I well, mean, I mean it, it's it definitely a scheme. <laughs> I mean, Jim, if you are not, uh, if you're free to play, if, if you don't pay to enjoy these apps, then you are the, 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 uh, but you, you, you are the content, you yeah. know, that, that's how all these games are. It's like either, either you pay, you know, to play or you are being sold. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. And so what is the first event? Uh, the first event uh, involves Blue and his Pidgeot, um, or Pidgeot, um, and uh, so it's a story event. So the, the interesting thing about how they're doing these events is instead of like, okay, if you get through this event, you'll get Blue. That won't be the case. However, you can play alongside Blue for the story event, so you can like get a taste of what Blue can do, and then if you like that, you can then go and attempt to get it through um, what they call the sync pair scout which is kind of like their gotcha pool so you can attempt to pull blue um and add him to your team so we don't know too much we know that it's got that misty's involved flannery's involved and i think like the bad guy is going to be for now Hmm. all right yeah Yeah, so we'll we'll see um this will be an interesting uh time um, I'm hoping, selfishly, that this takes off, mainly because it gives me something to write about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so, yeah, everyone play it, and then Google how to play it. So yes. we can get how to get blue, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Answer, pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'll never forget, and I bring this up to Christian every time we talk about this, but... I pitched in the idea I'm writing for Pokemon Go how to get more Pokeballs. And Christian was like, Jim, you just go to a Pokestop and you spin. And I was like, okay, but put those into oh, words. Right. <laughs> and it was like the top story every time we wrote it. I'm I'm at least glad that back in 2016 when I wrote that article, our word counts per article were much lower <laughs> yes. than they are. Today. Yeah, that <laughs> is true. to like, turn that into a 400-word article. Like, I'd probably have to get into, like, technical details of what is a Pokeball. Oh, 900. You'd have to describe what it looks like. What is a Pokeball? It's blue and red. It opens. There is light. (laughs) Sure. 
Uh, all right. Well, so Pokemon Masters, we'll have, probably talk more about it next week uh, when all of us have had a chance to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's uh, if Megan even bothers to play it, oh, I'll bother. <laughs> Just will it? Yeah, next week she's gonna come up, show up like in a Pokemon Master. Shirt. Oh, nine hundred. <laughs> I know that's what's gonna happen. It happens to me every time. So we'll be playing while the podcast is going. You know, I guarantee we're gonna it. have to do a live play one of these days. Mm-hmm. So, all right. <laughs> now let's get to. Pokemon fact of the week. Christian, what do you got for us? Mm. Okay, uh, this is this is another one uh, which is deceptively horrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Zatu, uh, that is the Gen 2 psychic flying type Pokemon, looks like the top of the totem pole, um, is, is a pretty odd Pokemon for a lot of reasons. But uh, in the Pokedex, it notes that it stands still all day. And there is a really strange reason why. Guys, want to take a guess? It's paralyzed. Yeah, so I, always, <laughs> I don't know. I always kind of thought it was it was because it was so totem-ish. I thought it was kind of like a gargoyle at some point, but so like it like turned to stone. But that's probably not even close. No, no, no stop with your stop with your stone Pokemon thing, Jim. <laughs> uh, uh, no, actually, the reason why is so Zatu can simultaneously look into the past and look into the future at the same time. So when it's standing still, it's theorized that it is paralyzed with horror of all the terrible things that's about to happen, <laughs> that it can do nothing to stop. And, like, when you read the Pokedex entry, like, a lot of them are just like, oh, yeah, you know, it just stands still because it's looking into the future. And one's like, no, it is freaked out because we're about to enter a hellscape. And Zatu can't do anything to stop it. It's like, what are you doing, Pokemon? Like, come on, just give us this. Like, it'd be cool. Just like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look into the future. Oh my God, look at all the terrible things. I'm literally paralyzed by fright. Like, that's just unnecessary. <laughs> there is a Pokemon that is burdened with that amount of just horrifying nature. That <laughs> he's the true millennial Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. Smobble. It's a, it's Zatu. Yeah, Jeez. that's definitely Zatu. We just freeze. Oh. Poor bird. Oh, poor thing. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, I, I feel so bad for it. Or maybe it's like standing still because it knows it's about to get caught. Is that too in the anime? He's shown up a couple times, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's shown up. In, in the anime, the weird thing about it mm-hmm. is instead of talking, it communicates by moving its wings like <laughs> uh, uh, like the flags. Yeah. Oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> It looks yeah. hilarious. <laughs> just so it's kind of like he's trying to do like a robot or something. But it's like yeah. just little... I was probably because I don't know. <laughs> imagine him trying to like sign to you what's about to happen in the future. It's just like furious slapping. It's, it's, like, it's, it's I just been trying to warn us the entire, the entire time. time. And we just had no idea. Oh man, that's just upsetting. Like, oh, look, look at the little dance it's doing. Was that look out behind me? And then you just get Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Um before we wrap up. I want to read some reviews. Mm. Now, I can't remember if I... Oh, no, wait, we did read that one. Okay, so we only have one, well, we only have one to read, uh, but it is, a, it is a good one. Uh, so if you want a chance to win a free comicbook.com t-shirt, if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes and we read it on the air, all you got to do is email me at uh, editor at Jim Viscardi, and we will send it out to you. We love reading these reviews. They're a lot of fun. And it just goes to show that more and more people are coming to the show, which we love, and that they're they're enjoying it. So this mm-hmm. one is from uh, Bulbasaur123. 
uh, headlined, great podcast. Great podcast. I love how this podcast covers everything about Pokemon. I stumbled upon this podcast by reading one of the comicbook.com articles. Every Thursday, I open up my Pokedex and listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Also, bonus Pokefact from me. Did you know that Bulbasaur is the best Pokemon of all time because it has the highest win-draw ratio of Ash's team and the highest-ranked Gen 1 Pokemon in VCG19, uh, the Sun Season? Also, to Megan, I don't think that uh, a Leaf or Ghost-type Eevee Ugh, I can't imagine that, that. I can't imagine that. That's horrible. Would be a great idea. I want a flying or a steel type Eevee. Now, I better get a t-shirt before Hoffer does. Oh, come on! <laughs> wow. You know, this interview went great until the back half. Then you just insult, started insulting everyone. So while yeah. I'm glad that you still listen every week and you can continue listening, I will just politely disagree with your understanding of Eevee. That was the Leave best. it to the professionals here. Because it totally, pander, it totally pandered to Hoffer for a second and then immediately <laughs> threw Hoffer right in front of the bus. It didn't even try to pander to me. So. Great. Hey, guess okay. what, buddy? I'm about to get that free T-shirt before you do. Suck it. <laughs> Thank you, Bulbasaur123. If you, uh, again, want to leave a review, by all means, you can come at any one of us. It's a, no problem. I mean, come at Hoffer. It's it's really the easiest. No one's come at Jim yet. Come at Jim. No, come at Jim and Geo. Because Jim has got great opinions. Jim loves Kingler. Jim loves Golem. Jim, Jim is a hustler. Money from like old ladies scams them with Pokemon scams. You you're like the the you predate robocalls like you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, on that note, uh, again, we will see you guys same time, same place next Thursday for another episode of A Wild Podcast Has Appeared. You can find me on Twitter at Jim Viscardi. I'm on Twitter at Megan Peters CB. And I am C Hopper C Bus. Thanks again, guys, and we'll catch you next time.